It's the Crown Jewel your boy Gmo the Crater. And I'm Nicole Lombrez, aka Young Cook. Another episode of Crown Jewels Podcast. You know what I'm saying? And we over here at Wolf Nation, so we want to show big love out to them and appreciate y'all for having us. And we're about to get right into it, man. We got some illustrious guests. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got none other than Tammy and Shantae hey. of Trinity Rising Counseling. Yeah. How you ladies doing today? Good, good. So we thought it was extremely important to have a show like this today, focusing around mental health. Uh, I know that it became a, a lot popular this year, but I'm with all the popularity, so it's cool. You know what I'm saying? We, we need it in our community. And um, it was important. Um, me and Nicole had a lot of long talks about uh, bringing on a specialist. Uh, we were lucky to get two specialists. And we wanted someone who was age appropriate. I was bumping into a lot of older people. <laughs> that happened. And I didn't feel like it would have been relatable for our audience. So we are not age shaming. <laughs> right. Uh, Stop it. It's like maybe. <laughs> we want to just do it for the culture the right way. Yeah, so uh we just wanna let y'all give y'all some time here just to introduce yourself. Okay. Well, my name is Tammy. I'm from Georgia. I'm mm. a transplant here Georgia. in Dallas. Hey, y'all. Teachers in the building. Yeah. <laughs> so I am a licensed professional counselor, and I specialize in trauma and addiction. So I'm so glad everyone is jumping on the bandwagon for mental health. Yeah. And I am Shantae. I'm a licensed professional counselor as well. I'm here from Dallas, Texas. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Excuse me. And I specialize in depression and uh, women's issues. So postpartum, um, feeling stuck, the superwoman syndrome. We feel like we got to do everything. I need to talk to you then. Yeah, girl, I got you. <laughs> Shoot. And, <laughs> yes, and um, I, I'm like Tammy. Like, I love the fact that therapy is popping right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not a dirty word. It's yes. not. Yes. It's I'm not so glad word. it's not anymore. No, it's, right, right. Anymore, because let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. And especially, for a long time. I want to say, especially in the black community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, yeah. It's hard. You know, now I'm seeing a lot of um, different black people, males and females. I'm so yeah. happy when I see the males come through. But mm-hmm. um, before, if you would talk to anybody else, it's like, yeah, I go to I go to my therapist every week. I talk to a black person. No, no, I'm going to talk to my family. I go to something. church. So, yeah. And that's what I was having this conversation with the girls on my other show. We were talking about. When I, like, say, let's say I have a guy friend, and mm-hmm. I say, you might want to go to counselor for this, because I'm not equipped to handle mm-hmm. all the baggage you're throwing on me. And the first thing they say is, I don't want nobody to tell me what to do. Yeah. My response is, maybe they're just going to listen to you and let you self-discover. Yeah. So, again, yeah. like, I think therapy is really important. Yeah. Well, it's something, just growing up personally, my family didn't talk about, discuss. You know, I had an auntie who struggled with alcoholism, and... For the longest, just like, you know, that's just your auntie, that one over there. Mm-hmm. And you always had that one family member. It's just that how they uncle. Yeah. yeah. He, want, he cool one minute, next minute. you like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> he throwing a potato salad. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That was one of my questions. I wanted to know when your first experience outside of you getting into the mental health industry. I wanted to know what your first experience was with mental illness. For me personally, my mother was bipolar and schizophrenic, and mm-hmm. she also abused alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I had a very ch- I had a very different upbringing, mm-hmm. but it was like my family was not uh, compassionate to her, 
And it's just like, how do you even, you know, how do, how are you even com- supposed to be compassionate to somebody that's even in that state that doesn't want help or doesn't understand that they do need help? Yeah. And it is a stigma mm-hmm. on mental, yeah. getting, you know, seeking mental assistance. Like, yeah. Yeah. so my question, sorry, I elaborated. <laughs> <laughs> well, my question is, how do you, or what was your first experience, rather, with mental illness before your career? Um, before my career, um, Savannah, well, I'm from Savannah, Georgia, originally. So um, crack cocaine hit Savannah really, really hard um, back in the 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a few of my family members got, you know, caught up with using some of those things. And um, I remember I went and visit one of my aunties for the summer. And, I mean, her and her boyfriend both abused crack and it was the craziest summer that I can remember. She used to steal yeah. my $5 that my mama mm-hmm. sent to me. I mean, I'm it was just crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember calling back home, asking my mom, like, why would you send me here? What's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> are you not responsible? And, you know, <laughs> I can just remember her telling me, like, you know, bear with your auntie. She's just going through some yeah. things. And I just couldn't understand, like, okay, if she's just using it, she can just stop. Like, And there's so much more to it than It's that. so much mm-hmm. more. I had no comprehension of what it was she was actually going through. Mm-hmm. So just the up and down, the craziness, the fights, um, it was just so much that I was just like, okay, well, mm-hmm. this is just what some yeah. people, aunties do. And, yeah, same, similar situation I have. What about you, Shanta? Um, For me, it was, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was like, it was like <laughs> swerve. <laughs> for me, it was um, like I've experienced anxiety, and I still sometimes deal with that. But growing up, I didn't know what it was called. I was worried a lot. I always had like this feeling in my stomach. My heart would race. And I went to college originally for criminal justice because, you know, growing up in black family, you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And so they was like, you like to argue, so you're going to go be a lawyer. So I went for criminal justice. I took a psychology course, and that just changed my entire perspective. And when I learned about anxiety, it was like, oh, my God, I've been dealing with that my mm-hmm. whole life, and mm-hmm. I didn't have a name for it. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the introduction into counseling and mental health and the stuff that we all deal with, but we don't have a name for it. Yeah, You just feel like, oh, that's just Cousin Shantae. She always worried about something. <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, no, Shantae dealing with some anxiety. Interesting. <laughs> that, yeah. What brought you ladies together, though? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So, good old MetroCare. I don't know if um, anyone's heard of it, but um, MHMR. Yes, I feel like I've heard MHMR, but not MetroCare. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a transplant, so I don't. Oh, okay. Y'all need transplant. It's down the street from Rudy's Chicken. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all you had to say. <laughs> really? But, hey, that's how I remember it. Okay. Um, but yeah, we we both was working there, and we realized that. Even though we're providing these services, people needed a lot more, quality. and they was not getting quality services. Yeah. And we both would sit down, we'd come to each other's offices, talk. And I'm like, man, I, my practice is going to be different. It's yeah. going to be like this, this, this. And she was like, man, I got the same dream. And so then one day we was just like, well, sure, let's bring both our dreams together. Yeah. And literally it was just like... It just happened for us. We kind of planned it while we was working there, like Mm -hmm. laid out this blueprint of what we wanted. Mm -hmm. And she, I think you, um, she went off. I got deployed. She got deployed. I got pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And once I had the baby, she was on her way back, and it was just like we hit the ground running. And it worked out out perfectly. Nice, nice. So explain the name to me. Like, where would y'all come up with the name? Well... (laughs) We originally started off with three, so that's how we got the Trinity. Mm. 
Um, then it became two, but that's yes. okay. We still like the Trinity. Because <laughs> the Trinity is like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. Still throw yeah. that up in there. Yeah. Yeah. And so it kind of played along where it was just like us two black girls busting through the doors, busting through this industry, bringing something new, um, being young, having this fresh mindset. And so it was just like, we're going to rise up above everything, above our backgrounds, our history, our environment. We're going to come and we're going to bring the community something that they can really value and latch on to. And relate to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So have you guys like received like um uh, how was the reception so far since starting Trinity? It's been really good. It's been <laughs> really good. Yeah. Like the support is overwhelming. Like the clients that come through my door, especially the ones that, you know, the black clients, they just like, I'm so happy I found you. When I went searching, I only <clears> seen, you know, older white ladies or older white males. So yeah. we're so happy just to come across um someone of color on, you know, on this page as a therapist and I was like we out here. And it's funny because they don't want to say, like, I was looking for a black therapist. <laughs> but you have a preference. You have a preference with everything else that we do. And so when you go into therapy, I want you to find someone who you are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to make sure that we are representing our culture. And so when you sit across from us, we look like you. We come from similar backgrounds. Mm-hmm. We talk like you. And we get you. And so I think that has been the driving force of people kind of navigating to yeah. us and relating to yeah. us. Don't be shy now. <laughs> <laughs> because, no, Shantae actually answered my question. I was going to say what um, drew you to the realm of mental health. For you, it was going to school for criminal mm-hmm. justice and studying psychology mm-hmm. and saying, you know what, now I understand myself. Yeah. And that kind of maybe gave you the inkling to keep going. And it's, you know, and I, we don't talk about it. Right. And it's like we we sweep things under the rug and we have these family secrets and these generational curses and no one wants to talk about it. And yeah. so I always want people to be comfortable that in therapy, this is the place that you talk about it. There is no judgment. You come here, you are comfortable, you talk mm-hmm. to us, and you work through whatever those pain, that pain that you've had, the trauma mm-hmm. that you have, because those childhood things, they roll over into our adult life. Right. And people don't recognize that. And I always say that we are bearing fruits from trees that we didn't plant. Right. So, like, we have stuff from our family, our moms, our parents, just environmental stuff. You mm-hmm. grow up in the hood, in the projects, you see things, you see violence, you see drugs, and you deal with that when you become an adult. You yeah. have broken relationships, you can't talk to people right, you're used to yelling, cussing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like we have to work through that. Yeah. One of my clients said, best. she was just like, I realized that I'm going to spend my 30s working through my 20s. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. That's yeah. deep. Yeah, 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 sheesh. That just made sheesh. me sheesh. <laughs> I need a drink to, <laughs> to sit on that one. And I was going to um, say something about what Shantae said. It's very interesting how people don't have that voice to kind of say mm-hmm. what they're going through. Right. And sometimes in the session, when they're going to say something about themselves, they start whispering really low. Mm. And I'm like, wait, why are you whispering? Yes. It's just the two of us. I, you know, I can still hear you. You can, you can say it. You yeah. know. And it's just so liberating when they finally say that secret that they've been holding on to. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, let it go, you know, let yeah. that out, you know. Yeah. So it's really it's really interesting. I really chuckle on the inside, not the outside, but they just start whispering. I'm just like, okay. We're getting there. We're getting there. I mean, that's all I got for intros. I'm, I'm ready to get, to get to talk to y'all a little <laughs> so, bit more. So what we want to do, uh, we got a session on our show called the Irk Session. Bro, what's irking you? Bro, what's irking you?
And it's pretty much like a, a real human moment to be you and just put out there what's irking you at the moment. And so we want to tie it into today's topic and segment and um, just kind of go over what myths uh, irk you the most about mental health. Oh, I got one. That you cannot go to therapy if you're a Christian and that you're in the church. What? You will be shocked how many people feel like they're betraying God Mm -hmm. because they go and speak to a therapist. Mm -hmm. Because typically, we grow up thinking any problems that you have, you're supposed to pray, Mm -hmm. go to the altar, allow this man or woman to throw holy oil on you, and things are going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But I feel like God created me. He -hmm. created this field. And he put people in place to help you. Mm -hmm. And so a therapist is the person that he put in place to possibly help you. Um, And we always say faith without works is dead. I feel like the works part may be therapy. I think I would have to agree with that. That's very true. And then if a problem don't work out, they'd be like, you're not praying hard enough. I said, well, well, okay. What you want me to do? (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. What's irking you, Tam? Man. Um, I think kind of like the stigma that someone who struggles with mental health is violent or aggressive. Mm-hmm. And then you have all these movies that come out like, um, what's that movie? Split, Split. and, and different things. Like, it's just like everyone with mental health issues is not violent. It's not aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, you won't even know someone has mental health issues unless they, unless they tell you. So just seeing people, just how they react and respond, just like, no, you're probably more violent than anybody else. What you mean? All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that kind of hurts me some. And Mm -hmm. also the stigma with, like, medication. Um, A lot of people are like, oh, my God, I don't want to take meds. Like, that's not going to do anything. And granted, it's different for everybody. But there, in some cases, it can be so beneficial to just stabilize you Mm -hmm. because you may be in a deep depression where talk therapy may not work for you in that moment. And so I do always try to educate about medication management, the importance of of medication, and how it can truly help you and give you the boost that you need in order to start doing the groundwork. Because sometimes you can be deep in that depression, and me talking to you is not going to do anything. And so medication can help stabilize you. And so that's one of the things that... I always tell people, don't just throw medication off the table. Like, let's have a conversation and a dialogue about it before we just say no to medication. You take meds when your uh, back hurting. <laughs> it's like we we are okay with medical diagnosis and taking medication, but it seems like mental illness is like it's not the same thing. Right. And it's a part of your body. It's a it's a, it's a your brain. Yeah. It's a muscle, and so you have to take care of that. Just how you take care of your back and your arms and your diabetes and all that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. What myths have y'all heard about mental health? I don't have a myth. I have like a personal experience. You okay. got an irk? Let's go. I got an irk. Let's go. So my irk, <laughs> my big irk is this when I was younger and used to like be in relationships mm-hmm. and when somebody did something to like disrespect you or they lied to you mm-hmm. and you say, you like bring it up to them. Yeah. And then they say, oh, you crazy? Oh, the crazy like, word. Or you get mad. You know, I don't know if anybody else do this, but maybe I. <laughs> Like, I'm like if, you, <laughs> if you ain't listening to me, you telling me I'm crazy, then I get louder, and then you want to say, oh, you bipolar. You know you're not listening to me, yeah. and I want to be heard right now. Like, Or the that's that's similar to, like, when we always use bipolar and antisocial. Yeah. Like, oh you don't talk God. to nobody. You don't hang with nobody, so you just antisocial. Yeah. But you could just be observant. 
And I ain't gonna lie, man. Like, you know, I'm, I'm pro mill and everything, but. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I ain't gonna lie, man. Uh, us men, we got it bad saying y'all crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And especially when we're trying to get out of a situation. Exactly. We're like, she's acting crazy. Yeah. Like, why like, you crazy? Is crazy. Yeah. Whatever you making me so mad. <laughs> no, now that you say that, you know what irks me is Mel say, oh, I don't have no emotions. I'm good. But let somebody from uh, eighth grade break up with you. You gonna hold on to that to you like thirty eight. Oh yeah, she broke she up done. with me. She done. She cheated, she cheated on, me. on me after you done slept with like ten other women. Yeah, that don't count. Right, that don't, see, that don't count. That's a whole other topic. That's another podcast. No, we definitely hit on that. <laughs> so, man, so my irk, man, it's a little different. You know, what I'm saying from a male perspective. I hate society's standard that a man is supposed to be tough, we're mm. supposed to be hard, we're supposed to be successful, mm-hmm. we're supposed to have it all together, uh, be a player, even though that's misogynistic, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But uh, as soon as we show any sign of doubt, stress, depression, anxiety, we consider it weak, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I think like that's a stigma that goes across all lanes. When you're a man, you, you're not supposed to show that sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you use medication to, you mm-hmm. know, um, to sedate yourself or whatever, mm-hmm. then they consider you crazy or, yeah. or uh, again, violent. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You get so many other stigmas. You're unstable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um you know, uh, untreatable. You're an untreatable person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many things that they put on men, and so men we tend to veer away from being labeled that way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And it's a lot of what society say. Like I said, you're supposed to have. You're a good man if you uh, make money. You make a lot of money, and mm-hmm. you got a lot of women, and you. You know what I'm saying. All of that, those things that right. necessarily aren't the greatest things, but. When it comes to just having, being stressed out, having a bad day, being yeah. upset, being depressed, mm-hmm. we're not supposed to deal with that outside of ourselves. Right. You are absolutely right. <laughs> so, so that's, that's my the thing right about there. it, though, but that irk, G, is the, the fact that everybody be like, oh, just hit the blunt. Yeah. yeah. And it's just mm-hmm. like, is that supposed to solve everything? That's, like, what happens when the high come down? Come on, addiction. Because <laughs> we talk so much about the use of, like, marijuana and people feeling like that's not really a drug. So I had to explain this to one of my clients. <clears throat> marijuana in the plant form, mm-hmm. that's like an herb. It has all these great um, benefits. As soon as you manipulate it, mm-hmm. you change it, you alter it. Mm-hmm. That's a drug that you can be addicted to. And a lot of people feel like, well, I, I can't go to rehab for marijuana. No, I've seen people in rehab for marijuana, and guess what? They need a medication just like everyone else. Right. Um, and a lot of times, let's be honest, you don't know who's selling you these drugs yeah. most of the time. Right. You think you know them, you know, but, but you don't know what they're putting in there. Yeah. You don't know what's happening, how they're cutting it. And so, yes, you can become addicted to marijuana because it is a drug. It's manipulated. You put stuff in there. Even deeper than that, I always ask, you have to get high so much, right? Mm-hmm. What are you running from? Mm-hmm. What, like, what don't you like about yourself that you have to smoke a blunt to feel okay or normal? Mm-hmm. And that lets me know there's something deeper that we have to talk about that you should be in counseling for. Right. Like, if you have to smoke, like, as soon as you wake up, you got to hit the blunt. As soon as you go to bed, you got to hit the blunt. In order to get through the work day, you got to hit the blunt. Like, that's a problem with that. Yeah. yeah, and people justify it and say, oh, it's just a little bit. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. Yeah, and my other irk, I got got a two for the day. I'm in my bag today. (laughs) So my other one, and I think this is important to say as well, it's the holiday season, and there's a lot of people, 
celebrating it by themselves, whether you relocated or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, check on your strong friend. I feel like what? that we don't do enough for our strong friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I am the strong friend, so like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't check in and be like, "Are you good? You mm-hmm. cool?" Uh, you know, and you get left hanging. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's our irk of mine. Like, treat us all on a level playing field. Yeah. I, I have the same. Another topic I discussed on the other show. Yeah. Um, And I know my conclusion, to give it away a little bit, um, was if you're the strong friend, maybe you do not need to go get help. Yes. Um, And I say that because I've actually been through a lot of things. And it was a time in my life where I found out where I didn't have no friends. Because I went through something that none of them experienced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, nobody checked on me. Nobody called me. Everybody knew what was going on, but nobody reached out. So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, maybe I have to be a strong friend for myself and just say no to what I can't handle and yeah. go get, you know, somebody to talk to. Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I always say because that's one of the, you know, check on your strong friend, make sure your strong friend is okay. But as the strong friend, it's like be okay to say that I'm not okay. Like, don't put on that front. Like, take that mask off and be like, you know what, I'm dealing with this. Now, if they don't show up for you, then you know who your people is. But outside of that, like, let's not put it all on the people that we call friends or associates, but also, like, let's wave that flag. Like, I ain't doing too good, G. I literally Mm -hmm. just told someone this. I said, well, how do you want people to view you? Uh, Strong, I got it together, all these things. I said, so how would they know you need help? Right. Right. Nothing. Crickets. Crickets. Yeah. That's, so, that's, that's, my, that's my strong friend thing. Like, everybody says check on your strong mm-hmm. friend, but I'm the strong friend too. Yeah. To me. Yeah. And I'm just, if I'm having a bad day, I'm going to say I'm okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you really know me, to know if I say I'm okay, that's kind of dry. I'm not a dry person like that. Yeah. Um, so, it's something wrong with me, but I'm not even opening up to express that. Yeah. And that could be something on inside of me saying, it don't, it don't even matter what I say because I've had, like, I've experienced those friends that didn't even check on me when I lost somebody, like, real, you know, real close yeah. or whatever. So, it's just like, as a strong friend, like, what do I do for myself to get me through it if I can't really, de- like, open up to other people for how I want them to view me? If you don't necessarily have, like, other people as far as friends, it should be somebody, some mm-hmm. entity, like a professional, or use your coping skills, set those boundaries. Um, a lot of times when I talk about boundaries, people consider that as being selfish. Like, no, it's okay to say no sometimes. It's okay to retreat within yourself. Not that you are isolating, but you just take some time to yourself. So letting people know, I think an uh, irk for me is that a lot of times we think we're communicating, but we're not actually saying what's going on. Right. You know, you may say, well, they, they know they know what's going on. Well, how do they know? Did you tell them? No. Right, right. Oh, I, I, a, I dropped a little nugget. Okay, they didn't pick it up. I feel so triggered. <laughs> <laughs> you feel exposed. <laughs> I do yeah. all the time. But yeah. you, because we naturally assume that people not, like will get it. Yeah. And you like, I don't, listen, I don't pick up on clues. You got to be straightforward with me. Like, something is wrong. I need help. I can't pick up. I can't figure it out because we're dealing with our own stuff. Yeah. And so if you dropping these nuggets and I'm missing them and then you mad at me because I'm missing a nugget that I didn't know was a nugget. <laughs> <laughs> now we got conflict. <laughs> yeah. No, it happens more than you think. Yeah. Like, a lot more than you think. And I was that strong friend. You know, personally, I'm the strong person. Mm-hmm. And it took me to say, hey, I need help too. Like, I have this going on. And people just like... I never knew. I'm like, how you ain't know? You know, I'm wearing this color. Yeah. I, I, all these little things. I'm in all black. I'm in all black. All these little things that I thought would be indicators, really, they didn't see it. And so yeah. it took me to realize, like, I have to be straightforward and tell people, like, hey, 
I'm feeling this way. I have this going on. I need you to be this for me. I need you to help me out this way. And that's a big thing because sometimes you don't know. Like, I'm going to speak for myself. Sometimes I don't know what I need other people to do to help me. Mm, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know, Jimo, if you feel this way, but when I reach out and I'm saying something wrong, like, and nobody actually responds, mm-hmm. or they try to say, oh, you got it. That's discouraging. Yeah, you know it's just saying? like, what yeah. do you want me to, like, or, or what am I say supposed some, to do? Or they'll say something like, damn, yeah. what you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's just one of them things. How you going to handle that? But, I mean, just to jump right into our topic, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. Yeah. You, all right, let's jump let's right into, into it. it. Um, if I may just have y'all to kind of give us, um, I guess like a rough description of what is mental health. Oh, Lord, have mercy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we got time. (laughs) (laughs) Look, my brain was just like a million things at one time. So mental health, um, I correlated with medical health. So medically, you know that you're supposed to go get a checkup every so often. You know, if you have dental problems, you know, all these little things that you're supposed to go and do this. It's the same thing so mentally your brain can take on but so much stress anxiety that depression the voices all those things your your body your brain can only take on so much stuff if you're not going to check in with your therapist checking in with your psychiatrist checking into the hospital sometimes you know Mm -hmm. may need some more help um your body's going to crash on you you're going to have a break you're going to break mentally and guess what mental health also affects your medical so for the people who have struggled with anxiety and depression and you start realizing you're having a hard time falling asleep, your appetite is off, your hand's shaking a little yeah, bit, sweating. you can't control your breathing. Yeah. All those things play a part in that. So it's pretty much like checking in just how you would check in with your medical doctor. You okay. check in. You see, hey, what's going on? Am I good? You scan yourself. I got some anxiety, some tension. For me, I hold a lot of tension in my face. So I got to check in with myself like, hey, am I good? I got to ask myself sometimes, am I good? I scan my body. Man, I'm feeling a little anxious. Yeah. And I start to think, like, okay, what, what happened mm-hmm. today? Is something going on? And I started thinking back. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know what? I was stuck in traffic. This happened. And it doesn't have to be anything big. Stop yes. looking for the big things, these heavy hitters. No, it can be little things. Maybe somebody called you with their problems and it made you anxious. Yeah. You know, maybe you got stuck in traffic. Maybe somebody didn't have your order right. You know, they always forget the hot sauce. You know, it's little things that add <laughs> up. <laughs> Exposed. <laughs> Look, I'll be mad when that hot sauce ain't in the bag now. Is this an intervention? <laughs> Especially when uh, Rudy's going to put that extra season in there. Yeah. What? Damn. After you don't pay that 65 cents. <laughs> yeah, waiting in line. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what I mean. It's, it's checking in. And if you can check in. And if you notice it's something that you're not actually able to kind of deal with or cope with yourself, check in with somebody else. Check in with your support system. Now, let me tell you this. If this person is part of your support system, you have to be able to tell them everything. If that person you can't tell everything to, they're not actually part of your support system because they can't support you because you're not telling them that. And that's such a hard thing, especially from a man perspective. Mm -hmm. Like when, let's say, like, like I'm engaged. Okay. So if I'm going Congrats. through something, thank you, thank you, you know. Black men, <laughs> black men black living. Men don't black men living out here. You know, you know. But no, but with, with that, sometimes, you know, when you, you think that a man's job is to do certain things, let's say provide or, yeah. or, or cater, or, but let's just say that one day your check run a little short and you don't really want to mess with her comfort, you know what I mean? To be like, hey, I ain't got it like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the things that I noticed with men where it's kind of like we lose in that area because we, we still have that macho um, 
not only are you expecting yourself not only are you expecting yourself to pro- provide your your other is also expecting you to provide so you feel like and that's you're how up we a little feel short. Yeah. even though she may not feel right. that way but, that's how you feel but as a man you be like damn and I can't that is the problem <laughs> because you assume <laughs> that that person feels that way like you never bring it to the table and have a conversation mm-hmm. like and and that becomes the issue at hand especially in relationships it's like my check short this week. I ain't gonna say nothing. I don't want her to fit. Well, how do you know she gonna trip? Like, how do you know that she won't be like, I got you, babe. I put in an extra few hours at work. You don't know that because we don't ask and we don't have that conversation. And in a relationship, you should be able to bring stuff to the table because everything ain't gonna be peaches and cream. That's true. All the time. I will say this. A lot of things you learn, whether that's in childhood, as you was growing up, Mm -hmm. you can unlearn it too. So if you learn, I got to be macho and strong, you can unlearn that and learn a different way to be. You can break that cycle. You can break those stigmas and those pressures that society put on you, but it takes you to be very conscious and aware of what you're doing. So if you notice your check a little short and maybe you wanted to go see Creed 2 and now you realize (laughs) I can't really afford to go to the movies now. We're going to watch the fire state. So it's up to you to realize, like, okay, I don't have it. I know I still want to do this. Let me bring it to her. You know, let me talk to her. Let me bring a little shot right here. Hey, you know what? I thought I was going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do that, you know. What you want to do. Yeah. And that goes to boundaries. What type of boundaries yes. do you have in your relationship? If you say, I don't have it, and you have a boundary like, hey, if we don't have it, if we don't have, if it's between like going to, doing the, I'm just, I, if it's between <laughs> going to do this or paying the bills, we know we're going to pay the bills. We're going to just, you know, struggle through. So you got to have those boundaries in place, but you also have to communicate like Shantae was saying. Yeah, I think you just got to open up and say what it is. Like for me, if somebody says they're going to do something, mm-hmm. And they can't do it. My thing is just tell me you can't do it. Because if you say you're going to do something and you don't follow through and you ignore the fact, like that's gonna that's just going to make me mad. And I'm the type of person to just shut down and cut it off. Yeah. Like yep. I'm not dealing with this. Like You'll be shocked how far communication will get you. Yeah. Will get you. Yeah. And and that may be a trigger for the woman if you say we're going to do something and you don't do it and then you'll talk, you don't tell me why we're not doing it. Okay, now I'm mad. Trigger. <laughs> so it's like, let's communicate. Let's be adults. Yeah. Let, let me ask this, man. This is your opportunity right I, now. I've been planning this show since March, so <laughs> I, I got a lot of levels right here. Okay, got, let's go. So this is another one, and this this is something that uh, me and Nicole talked about the other day as far as like being a child in a certain type of household. Mm-hmm. I got a mom that's a manic depressant, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And she deals with it in different ways. It come in waves. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So with that, with, with the people that you've uh, spoke to or, or you know, uh, had your, your moments with, have you noticed that some of the things that um, people deal with is a direct correlation with their uh, the parents or, or it's like something that was poured from the parents into the child and the child grows into an adult and they still deal with certain things? or Yeah. Um, dealing with trauma a lot, especially if it happens in childhood, when you grow up with someone, especially the parent, um, that's when you first learn attachment and that security and, and things like that. So if that's broken right there, Trigger. you still, <laughs> you still, you have to learn healthy attachments, and you didn't learn it from the the people that were supposed to be there. You know, yeah. your parents. Then from there, let's say you grew up in a home where your mother was an alcoholic. You learn how to live with her. You learn to walk light, tread lightly. Don't oh, talk about deep. this. You learn these things, right? 
Now, once you grow up, you feel like, man, I'm out the house, that's done. But you still learn that. And mm-hmm. if you didn't unlearn it, it's going to play out now in your adulthood in different ways. Mm-hmm. You'll know, you know, girl, if your girl upset, you know, I'm going to walk lightly, I'm going to tread lightly, I ain't going to say this. You're responding the same way you responded to your mother yeah. because mm-hmm. you didn't work through it, you didn't acknowledge it, and unlearn those behaviors. And that's where therapy... We don't need a part two of this. <laughs> we are. <laughs> but that's like literally where therapy comes in because I tell people all the time, the behaviors that benefited you... In childhood, you become an adult and it's this trigger that's no longer there and you're still engaging in these behaviors that no longer benefit you. Mm. Yeah. And so you then it becomes drama, then it becomes conflict, and you like, it helped me when I was mm-hmm. well, that trigger is no longer there. Yeah. So now, like she said, we have to go and unlearn that. And yeah. usually we can't do it by ourselves. You yeah. have to come there. Or what some people do, they'll find some people, they'll find a mate that reflects their, their mother, mother yeah. or their father. Yep. The same kind of issues. Like if your father was an alcoholic, maybe you don't become one, but then you end up with one. Married to yeah. one, yeah. right? Yeah. And you become codependent. So Because that's where your out. comfort is. That's mm-hmm. what you know. That's what you're used to. So you're going to gravitate towards that. Yeah. Y'all got me over here uh, reevaluating. <laughs> I done left the room for a second and kind of looked back at myself like, wait a minute. My whole spirit is like. <laughs> so honestly, people come to counseling because I, I look at it as a tree. You've been hacking at the branches and they grow back. The same issues are still yeah. there. So when you come to counseling, I'm pulling at the roots. Yep. I'm yeah. going deep. I'm trying to pull that tree out so I can plant a new one and so you can learn new things and, and achieve your new goals that you want for yourself. Yeah, and that's, that's something I always thought about. Like when I was uh, putting it together earlier this year, I, I noticed I was like, you know, with a lot of men, we don't, we don't have an outlet sometimes mm-hmm. or we don't feel we have an uh, outlet. There you go. And with that, I was like, you know, a man goes to work, his boss says something to him negatively. He pours that 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 depression or that stress into his coworkers. Then he get home. He poured into his lady, and then he poured into his children and everybody around him. And it's just a ball of stress and and you know some depression and things. Yeah. And I'm like, where do you ever like have that outlet to let that go? You know. Therapy. Mm-hmm. Amen. Or for some guys, if it ain't healthy, it comes out in different ways. Maybe you drink a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. You go party, or you like different women. And you just, that's just you, you just a player, but really you just kind of engage in risky behaviors. Uh huh. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that's something too that we don't, we don't actually know how to pinpoint it. Cause I was, I remember back in 2014, I moved to Dallas and I remember 2014, it was a rough year, but I couldn't identify mm-hmm. that I was going through, I felt like a depression. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I was like, damn. I'm like, this year messed up. I'm like, I, I'm going to come back next year. I'm going to bounce back hard next year. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just bad luck. Every, so I, I correlated it with bad luck instead of being like it was an internal yes. issue. And I was just like, and it took me, I mean, from 2014 to 2018 to be like, bro, you was going through it. And you wow. didn't know it. And, and I, just looking at all the symptoms and all the studies, and I'm like, yeah, you were really going with it, going through it right then and didn't know how to pinpoint it. And so I think that's most of a lot of people nowadays that go through that and don't know how to pinpoint what they're going through. Yeah. Because, I mean, I have a client come and they will just pour out everything and they'll be like, am I crazy? I'm like, <laughs> no, actually, that's very normal. Um, yeah. It's called adjustment disorder. So yes. if you have extreme changes in your life, you have to adjust to that. And for some people, they're very resilient and it takes them no time. For some people, it struggle through. Things yeah. happen. Um but no, you're you're not crazy. You ain't making this up. You know, everyone kind of goes through it. It just looks different, and how people present is different. Look, I'm finna book an appointment. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like insurance? Y'all take insurance? Hey, man, we do. Yes, we do. We do take insurance. <laughs> <laughs> All of that. Yeah. Cash up. 
Oh yeah. Oh my. My bad. I'm, I'm gonna let you go. With the no, next you're thing. good. Because I, mean, I mean, I don't really have. I'm just here to listen because, um, like I said, I've been. It's very been very close to me. Mental illness mm-hmm. and uh, mental health, and this is something that's very important. One of my, I think maybe the one support person I have in my life is Tay. Um, I call her Takashi Six Five. She's actually um, in doing her clinicals right now, okay. and I always try to check in on her and say, "Are you okay?" Because yeah. I actually we were going through a lot, but we've been handling it pretty well as far as communicating with each other mm-hmm. and being like super open mm-hmm. um, about what we were going through. And um, I we kind of challenged each other to find a therapist, and she was having trouble finding a therapist that she wanted that fit her preference. Yeah. And now I can say, hey, I got two ladies <laughs> that you can choose from. Yes. Um, and I myself, like, it's a such thing as seasonal depression. Yes. Um, a lot of people I know deal with it. Yeah. Um, I personally, I didn't. Hold on, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Seasonal depression. That's real? That's it, real. No. Cause, cause you know I experienced what? it last since, year. Since I've been a little kid, mm-hmm. I hate winter. And yeah. I go into like a funk in yeah. the wintertime. Last year like, it hit me hard. Me coming from St. Louis, we get winter hit real hard mm-hmm. and it shuts the city down. You mm-hmm. be stuck in the house. Yep. And of course, me being a kid, stuck in the house with my mama, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. man, like, when the summer coming? <laughs> you can't go nowhere. The, the, the streets icy. You can't. I'm like, oh my God, man. No, gotta, it is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. And one thing I will say about seasonal depression is not just in the winter. It's any time frame. Uh-huh. So that's a reoccurring pattern. So say you get you in a funk, say February, not even February, in the summertime or mm-hmm. spring. It's just this reoccurring pattern that you have See. each year in around the same time. Mm-hmm. And the thing with depression and any other mental illness is if it impedes on your day-to-day and it affects your day-to-day functioning, that's when you know, okay, something is going on. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between, like, depression and just being sad. Mm-hmm. You know, because oh. people get confused. It's like, well, I just feel a little sad. But if it's if you're not getting up in the morning mm-hmm. or if it's a struggle to get out of bed, mm-hmm. if, it, if you're irritated all the time, like, those are the times where you're like, okay, I need to go check in. Yeah. So for females... Um, typically they internalize it. Males is external. Mm-hmm. That's when they're showing that aggression or doing different mm-hmm. things. Females will be like, well, what's wrong with me? What yeah. am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man going to be like, nah, he, he made me mad. He did this, this happened. And that's true because not just playing things back. You know what I mean? <laughs> I remember being a young guy in a relationship, yeah. in love. She yeah. break my little heart. I'm like, man, where are the women at? Like, man, I'm going to do everything. Well, I need yeah. about 10 of them right now. You know, now. when dudes break up, they start working out. <laughs> they be working. They got two or three jobs. You see their best friends. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. He wants to go break some heart. <laughs> I want to break heart. You I was like, like, hey. I, I went full, full <laughs> savage mode. You sound like me. Peace I wonder if I'm still in savage mode. I don't know. I'm going to have to come to counseling and talk about that. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And you know what? Most of the times your counselor is going to have a counselor. Yeah. We, we have counselors, too. We yep. talk to people, too. Yep. You got to think it's only but so long we can take on so, so many people. So many yeah, that's stuff. True. Yeah. That was another true. question I actually did have, and I'm glad you brought that up. How do y'all stay sane? What is your coping mechanism? Like, how do you check in on yourself? Mm, you know, I like to shop a little bit. Yeah, we're not going to get her started on her shopping habits. Um, but like she said, we have our own therapist, so you mm-hmm. have to go and talk to people just to kind of free up some space from your own life. Um, I like a glass of wine every once in a while. Every once in a while. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm more cautious when it comes to any type of um, 
you know, alcohol or substances. Not that drinking alcohol is bad or anything, but kind of like how diabetes run through your family. So you're more aware, well, addiction runs through my family. Yeah. So I yeah. have to be very careful and, and very selective on what I choose to cope with. So even though I like to shop, um, I do like to journal. I love deep breathing. I love lifting weights. I'm not much of a yoga person, although I'm trying to get into it. But um, I have different things, different outlets. I have a strong support system that yeah. I can just call. That's real important. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I like saying? cupcakes. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. Ooh, I think that's my snack. problem. Hostess got a new snack coming. <laughs> Glitter. <laughs> we, we keep some candy at the office. Now. We do keep snacks at the <laughs> office. <laughs> snacks at the office. And tea. <laughs> oh, I like love our tea. tea. Yeah, we love our tea. Hostess got a new snack. When you bite into it. But what is deep breathing? Uh, is that like the same as meditation or is that something different? So deep breathing is just focused on your breathing. And it's a little bit different from how you normally breathe. Okay. Because maybe you take shorter breaths. So it's really a really deep breath that you do. So you breathe in through your nose. Let your stomach expand. Mm-hmm. And then you breathe out through your mouth. And that sink feeling that you just kind of sink into that feeling. Okay. Um, okay. Meditation is maybe where you have kind of like free floating where you just let your mind kind of roam. You have guided meditation where you're listening mm-hmm. to somebody saying, "Now I want you to lay down, count to one." And it's funny, but I do, <laughs> I do guided meditation in some of my sessions. But um, that one is a little bit more structured than okay. the the deep breathing. Okay. And I'm glad that you asked because I would tell some clients to do deep breathing, and then some says, "Tammy, ask them if they know what it is." And I said, "Well, show me how you deep breathe." And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> "You gonna have a panic attack?" <laughs> I said, uh, "No, stop, stop, don't do that in this office." Um, and then I have to actually show them. So it's good if you don't know something, if your counselor says something, um, ask questions ask. for sure. Yeah. So okay. that was really good. I and think my watch has it. And mm-hmm. yes, the yeah. calm. It, uh, no, that's why it like tick and stuff when it's like, time to breathe in yeah, and yeah. breathe out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also the calm app is another good one. It has the uh, sounds like the rain and the white noise and things like that. Mm-hmm. But with coping skills, it's different for everybody. Yeah. And so I don't want people to feel like if I don't do deep breathing, then I'm not doing something right. You know, it's everybody's different. Deep breathing is just not my thing. Yeah. You know, I Headspace is another app for meditation, yes. guided meditation. Mm-hmm. Headspace. Okay. okay. So, I'm downloading knowledge. <laughs> um, that's for the people. If you notice that your brain just keeps going and going and you can't, you just have so many thoughts, uh, guided meditation is going to be better for you. Yeah. It's because you get to focus on just like one thing. And okay. essential oils, too. I have a yes. roll-on um, that I carry with me, and it has lavender. And so if I feel anxious or a little uneasy, I would just roll it, put it on my, my wrist. My coworker used to use lavender behind. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I use it, it at really, night. It's yeah. a calming uh, oil. So, you know, it's just different things that yeah. you can yeah. do. T- whatever helps you calm down that's not, you know, going to harm you, like drugs and alcohol, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you give your coworker anxiety? Nah, nah, nah. I hope not. Are you sure? She didn't communicate that with you. Well, ladies, I hate to cut the show short. Like this was good. This was yeah. a good episode. I definitely want to get you guys scheduled to come back in for sure. Um, so Tammy and Shantae, we do want to thank you from Crown Jewels for coming through and giving yes, us those yeah. clinical uh, information. Um, do you want to go ahead and give us y'all information? Or? Oh yes. So if you are looking for a therapist, we do accept insurances, EAP, um, flex spending. Our phone number is 469-407-1120. You can find us um, on Instagram, Trinity Rising Counseling. You can find us online, Trinity Rising Counseling Center. Um, we're always here. Emails, just contact us, hit us up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
Oh, and follow us on YouTube. Yes. Subscribe to Trinity Talks. Yes. Um, so that's where we educate, advocate, and just talk to you guys about mental health. We make it real, relatable, and fun. And fun. Like we, that's just our personality. We're not making therapy boring and you know uncomfortable. Yeah. So yeah. if you tired of sitting on an old leather couch, come holler at us. <laughs> yeah, we got you. Hey, right, so you want to go ahead and do a drop? Do a drop. Do I have anything this week? Um. No, just plug in the Connect Dallas. They had the holiday party last night. Shout out to y'all. Heard it went really, really well. That's all I have. All right. And uh, again, it's your boy, G Mother Great. You know what I'm saying? And we got uh, Crown Jewels at everything. Go to www.crownjewelspodcast.com. That'll get you attached to all of our social media. Um, you can email us questions. and Anything you got for the ladies as well, if you can't reach them, give it to us. We'll be sure to make sure they get that. And uh, yeah. Bye, you guys. It's the crown jewel.